Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. As a busy mom, I need style, simplicity, and convenience when it comes to my wardrobe. And I'm so glad that I learned about Modern Mom Style Box. It's been a game changer for me. It's a monthly clothing rental subscription service where you stock your virtual closet and receive a box of cute styles that you've selected. You can try them on and either hang on to them for the month, you can purchase them at a reasonable price, or you can just return them in a prepaid shipping label when you're done. And you can receive multiple boxes with your month's subscription. Sizes go up to 4X and they have popular brands like Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, French Connection, and more. I want you to try it yourself for free for one month. So head on over to www.modernmomstyle.com to start your free trial today and tell them that Nicole from Mamas Know Best sent you. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Mrs. Nellie Harden. Nellie is a family life and leadership coach that helps families build leadership into the DNA of their family to elevate their family experience and set their kids up for a widely successful future equipped with their greatness. She is a wife and mom to four daughters that are all in middle and high school. Whew. Now, while also homeschooling for seven years, she has a degree in biology and psychology and knows that the best way to help the world is through one living room at a time. Her mission is to help parents build a foundation for their children to use their unique gifts and talents so they can thrive in life and have an amazing family experience along the way. Nellie, how are you today? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of why you're on my show, and I love the idea of bridging the the ideology of family and leadership, and I'm very excited to talk to you about that, but we'll do my icebreaker round. So what is your favorite TV show or one that you're currently binge watching? I love TV. I really do. So I wouldn't even be able to start with my favorite, but the one that we're binge watching as a family right now is Heart of Dixie. Okay, I heard that's a great show. Yeah, um, who makes up your village? My village is my husband and myself, my four kids. We really, we live a thousand miles away from any family. And so mm. our village really is some great friends that we have that we can count on to be there and be an ear for us, but also be an ear for the, for the kids and the girls. And so, yeah, we've just created a beautiful village of friends over here. That's awesome. What is your superpower? Probably if you ask someone outside, they would say organizing and just getting things done. I am a get things done kind of girl, but I would probably say I am a huge empath. And so I feel like I can probably navigate feelings a little bit better than some people can. That's the positive side to being an empath. There's definitely a, a you know harder side too. But yeah, I would say that's a superpower. It is definitely. If you could travel back in time, what period or year would you like to go to? You know what? I am a I am a huge fan of Little House on the Prairie. And so Aww. I love it. Well, in 
many, many ways it was harder. And in some ways it was a much simpler life back then because we didn't have so much noise and bombardment happening all the time. So I'd, I'd like to try that out, you know, sans ironically, Nellie Olson, you know, without Nellie Olson. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I think there is, it's crazy. Cause there definitely is, you know, they definitely had hardships, but I think there's something to say for simpler times. Yeah. You know, we have so, so many choices of things and things are at our fingertips so quickly. So yeah, that, that definitely, I, I like that era as well. If you could travel anywhere right now in the world, where would you go? Honestly, after COVID and everything, I go anywhere. (laughs) The only places I've been for the last two years now have been to visit family, which is great, but I'd also like a a vacation vacation. So I love anywhere. If I could have somewhere that's warm with mountains and beaches, that'd be great. For sure. What are you looking forward to in 2022? 2022. I can't believe it's March. Like, first of all, and we're already so much into the year, but everything with my girls, for sure. My kids are, you know, they're teenagers. And so any moment that we can all spend together is so treasured and hopefully a vacation uh, getting that vacation in there. And, but I'm really looking forward to, to my program impacting the lives of hundreds of families of young women out there. And my book, my first book hitting the shelves. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So put out some great positive vibes for all of that to come to fruition. Okay. So before we dive into your journey into becoming a family life and leadership coach, is there anything you'd like to share with my audience? Could be hobbies, anything, or if you want to jump right into that, you can as well. Like I said, I have four kids, so they are 12, 14, 14, and 16. So I have twins in the middle there and all girls. So, you know, it's always very exciting around the house. Never a dull moment, literally. Let's see. I live on the coast of North Carolina. I've been married for over 20 years, but some things that I find interesting about me is I'm just a student of life. I love studying. I have taught school for now seven years, but even in my, you know, off time, quote unquote, I just love studying and researching. It's just my jam. It's what I love to do. And someone, I was talking to someone the other day and they just found it really funny. You know, if I went on your phone, like, what are the five things that I would see? And I was like, oh, hands down right now. I am looking at how to epoxy countertops because we want to do that. I'm totally into this reptile guy that has all of these snakes and and crazy reptiles. It takes me back to my animal behavior days. And then I am totally a nerd of quantum and particle physics. And so I look up a lot of that, not to mention cute dog videos. And then of course, personal development. So I really am like in all corners, very sporadic, but it's just me. That's very eclectic. That's I like that you have four daughters, and I'm sure that could be a whole different podcast. Of, <laughs> yeah. They're teenagers. You have the one baby who's not yet a teenager, right, but on the cusp. So I'm sure there's a lot of challenges what that comes from, right? Because now you're you're out of the obviously toddler stage and young adult, and now they're teenagers or they're coming to be young adults, young women. So that's a whole thing. But you're really here to discuss your family life and leadership coaching. So talk to me a little bit about what your journey was like into becoming one, what inspired you to become a coach and all of that there. Yeah, I think a part of me is um, 
I don't know if I've ever not been. I just wasn't labeled professionally one until about a decade or so ago. And so I just, I find that really interesting when we look back on our stories and we're like, oh yeah, it's always just kind of been there, you know? Even when I was, I was in, like I mentioned before, I was in animal work before. So I was dealing in the wild. I was with humpbacks. I was doing work and behavior work with the wild and in captivity. And then I, I'm now with humans <laughs> for the last decade plus. So it's kind of fun. But Really with family life and leadership coaching, it if I take it back to my own childhood, which, you know, one of the basis of why I do what I do is because everything in our adult life comes back reflex-wise to those first 18 years that we're at home. And but when I look back on my own and I just see all of the things that I wasn't prepared for adulthood for, right? I went into adulthood and I went off to college and I was now seven hours away from home and I was on my own and I was really lacking in some things that I needed to have built in me that weren't there. And so going back now and and because I didn't have those things, I was I was really hurt. There was some big things that happened that then have ricocheted and bounced around and had shrapnel for decades plus in my life because of what happened and all those things back then and how I wasn't prepared. So when we had four daughters then, so we had four young daughters. And then in 2010, we had a, a woke, if you will, a woke year. So my husband had heart surgery after two years of battling a heart condition. So he had heart surgery in April. And then five weeks after that, one of my twins who was two at the time had a non-fatal drowning accident in my in-law's pool. And so we brought her back. I gave her CPR and, you know, we had a watcher for a year and everything. But those, that year, those events, and we were also invited to a church that year and we started our faith journey that year. So all of those events in that year just really woke us up and ignited the fact that, hold on, we have limited time. We don't know, you know, what tomorrow is going to bring. We became very fine-tuned into what do we want to get, what do we want our kids to get out of this childhood experience, and what do we want to get out of this parenthood experience, and what do we need to do today in order to get there then, right? And so those were some big questions that we started asking ourselves and diving in and researching, and I was using my behavioral background, and I actually worked in veterinary for a long time too, so I was just using all of these things, and observing our family and doing a lot of, lot of personal and family development work and getting coaches myself and all of these things. And it really just all came to fruition so that we were building something then very intentionally building something so that by the time my four young ladies were leaving home, they were going to leave home equipped with confidence and wisdom and respect for themselves and others so that they can go out and conquer life on their own terms. Okay. So the leadership aspect, was that something that was always there? Because when I think of leadership, I think of it as corporate America. And being a new mom, I still see parallels between corporate America and motherhood, right? Of, of leading a household and having a missions and values for your family and what, you know, all of the stuff that you had mentioned, but did, was the leadership aspect always there or was that something that you developed along the way? 
so it was always there. But what's really interesting is, so I have never been in corporate America. And so my sense of leadership is very different from that. And when I was talking with a lot of experts in the field earlier on, we were talking about how we do need to debunk this idea of leadership being white collar corporate America, right? And because leadership comes in everything. And what I want to help people be leaders of is themselves, right? Be a leader of yourself, be a leader of your family, be a leader of whatever you do at your job or career, be a leader in your neighborhood, right? So I am really taking, I mean, if leader means that you become a business leader, cool, awesome, that's great. But that is a small percentage of the population that is going to use leadership in that way. But the thing is that a business leader had to be a leader long before they were in that role, right? Oh, so poignant. Yes. And so we are developing those leadership skills before, right, they have to be put in action. And what I found really interesting talking with someone a while ago is we were going back and forth talking about how adults, you know, we typically don't get leadership training until we are usually not in our 20s, but 30s, 40s, 50s and above. But what, oh my goodness, what could happen if we could do some leadership training when they're in that second half of childhood? So they're equipped with those skill sets and mindsets in their, you know, and 18 plus in their 20s, what they could accomplish in whatever capacity that leadership comes to fruition in their life. I love that. And that is so true. Never thought of it that way, but it's true. I didn't become a leader until I became a leader. And I was like, kind of thrown like, oh, you want to manage a team? I knew I came with some high emotional intelligence and there were certain things that I possess and I still had to develop from there. But it's so true. No one taught me any of these skill sets. I love that. Okay. So I want to take it back just a little bit. How did your life change once you became a mom? And what have you really learned now that you're, you know, 16 years deep into this thing that we call motherhood. (laughs) Another part of the story too, is we went through about two and a half years of infertility before we ever had kids. And, you know, I was speaking on an infertility podcast the other day and talking about the fact that women who are going through this, like myself, and I, I know people today and When you're doing that and going through that, you're a mother before you're a mother, right? You're sacrificing so much and giving so much of your heart, soul, and body to being a mother before you are ever a mother. And that's not even a guarantee that you ever will. And so I guess my what I'm saying is that my motherhood journey started before I was ever actually a mother. And in doing that, there was so much... I mean, resilience was the biggest thing I had to learn in those two and a half years. It was a strain on my body. It was a strain on my emotions and mental health. It was a strain on our relationship as a couple, but we just kept going. And for us, we kept it just between the two of us. We told no one because we didn't want, it it was already consuming so much of our lives that we didn't want to then go out with friends or go out with family and then be also asked questions about that. Right. And so we, there's, I see pros and cons of definitely both sides, but for us, we made the decision. We're just going to keep this between us. But then we also got all the questions. So you have, you know, you've been married a few years, you got the house, you got, where's the kids? Yeah. And we're like, Oh, we're just going to wait a little while internally crying. Right. But then 
we so we went from that and we had a very early miscarriage during that time too but then we went to four kids within four and a half years and so it was a swing of the pendulum to say the very least but in doing that we got into you know four kids in four and a half years middle two being twins we got into some survival mode there right and so it was a different form of resilience but it still just taught us so much like it's okay, especially when, you know, we almost lost my husband. And then five weeks later, we almost lost my daughter. And so we're like, if there's actually a movie, and I forget what it is. But anyway, the mom and it says, as long as we're all okay, it's a good day. I just really started taking on you know, that mentality to some extent. And then when we really started being intentional, it's like, are we all okay? but not just physically, right? Are we all okay emotionally? Are we all okay mentally? Are we all growing? Are we all in a good space? If so, then we're, you know, it's a good day. So motherhood was just, it was a walk of resilience that came in many different forms over many different years and still has because the difference in in parenting children that are nine and younger is very different than you know, I call it the great transition that goes on during that time. And it's not overnight, but it takes like one, two years and you're transitioning into, I'm building a life for you. You, I'm commanding you everything that you do and, you know, you do it or don't do it. And then there's a consequence to now it's a partnership with that child, right? Because they're cognizant, they're learning, they're out in the real world. They're having experiences outside of family experiences, and so they're learning a lot and going through these things and you're helping them alongside. And so it, it's just always this constant change and you can never get too comfortable because some, something's going to change tomorrow, I promise. <laughs> Gosh, I love that. A lot of wisdom there and something to think about of looking forward to my son because he's four and it sounds like, oh, you know, being my baby forever, but 10 years old is just six years away and how fast that's going to come. So fast. So fast. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashi Perey, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. Okay, so what is self-disciplined leadership? What does that look like? How can we teach it to our children? And how can we lead by example with self-disciplined leadership? So Jim Rohn, many of your listeners might have heard of him. He said that discipline is the bridge between goal and accomplishment. And when we can move our kids and move our, our children to walk that bridge before they ever leave home, they will be more set up for that success. And if you think about it this way, like I was talking about, the second half of childhood, we're partnering with them. And I don't know, I have a nautical story in my head of how this all works. So during the first half of childhood, you are building a boat for them. And they're watching you and you're building it for them. But in the second half of childhood, you're putting them in the boat and you're sending them out, but you're connected to them 
through this rope, right? And this rope is 6,570 feet long. That's how many days we have in 18 years. And so you have this rope and some days you let a lot out. Some days you let a little out. Some days you got to take some back in. And it just is this dance of teaching, right? This discipline, which means teaching of what we're going to do. And the, the rope has to be made out of truth and trust between you two or there's no connection and and you won't be able to help, right? And they won't be able to get your help. And so the rope is made out of truth and trust. And the end result after all of this is the confidence, wisdom, and respect that they can leave with in going out into the world. Along with, I, you know, I work with some people that have other things that they want to take too, which is awesome. And we work with that, but definitely confidence, wisdom, and respect. But the teaching mechanism, the the curriculum, if you will, that is the way it's being taught, that is self-disciplined leadership. And it is a fine-tuned series of, of steps that open vision, it solidifies discipline, it creates positive vulnerability, and really commands resilience in order to get you to the outcomes that you're looking for. But those are all the pieces and how it looks from kind of a bird's eye view. I love it. What services do you provide? Or I was on your website and I saw, you know, there are some questions that you have that is like, are you feeling this way or that way? How would someone as a parent know Mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe I might need to see a coach to help me do this. What would one have to be going through to think, okay, I might need to, you know, reach out to Nellie to have her help me. And then what services do you provide? First of all, I truly believe that if you are raising, I I primarily work with families of young women, but if you have a young woman, then you can use some help because, and not to say that you are deficient in any way. I don't think any, you know, parent is deficient. We're all doing the best that we can, but when we can have different perspectives speak into us and help us, then we can only grow from there. Right. And it's just like, if you're listening to any debate or you're, you're researching something, like I said, I love to do, right. I want to get multiple perspectives on things so that we can do the very best job and come up with the best hypothesis, the best methods and all of that that we can do. And so having those different perspectives is important. But and let's look at our world for a second. Our world is really complicated, right? It and it's not little house in the prairie anymore, right? We have our kids especially are bombarded 24/7 with social needs, right? Who is doing what? They have FOMO all the time, the fear of missing out all the time. They are being judged all the time. Their self-esteem is a shell thick, right? If they have it at all. And it's very fragile, so much so that they can go through upswings and downswings and upswings and downswings upwards of 10 times a day. And that is not good for them. And it's certainly not good for anyone in their path either. And so really helping them come into this and say, wait a second, we want to give them grounded self-esteem. We want to walk them through these so they can see the vision past the screen, right? The vision past what is right in front of them, past the, the friend giving them the, you know, either super excited to see them. So that means I'm happy or the one next to them that's not happy to see them 
which means I'm not happy. Wait, which one am I, right? And they have to be able to understand themselves and who they are and build who they are, not find who they are, but build who they are. And that takes this self, this curriculum here of the self-discipline leadership. So yeah, I have a workshop and it is specifically for parents of young women today. And it's called the Ignite Their Joy, Five Steps to Building Your Daughter's Self-Esteem During the Tween and Teen Years. Because of many of the things that I just said, they really need a grounded self-esteem that is outside of the social realm. So when they go into it, they know who they are. They have that confidence, right? And they can go into a situation. They can, they can understand that they are not their thoughts, right? Thoughts come from all different places. We've all watched like I don't know. I remember watching scary movies when I was a kid just because I watched, you know, Freddy Krueger and then thought of Freddy Krueger. Did that mean I wanted to go do what Freddy Krueger was? No. But a lot of people, you know, are thinking, oh, I'm thinking this, therefore I am this, right? And there's a huge leap between thoughts, feelings, and identity. And we really need to round that out and help equip our parents to be able to equip their kids. And so that is a workshop that is coming up. And then my program is a 12-week program that I, I, I'm so in love with. It's called Map to Maturity. And like I said, the outcome of that is that confidence, respect, and wisdom. So when I say wisdom, I don't mean like Yoda, right? Yoda's cool and whatever, but I don't mean Yoda. What I'm talking about more is so many people think, and I almost fell into this trap too, our 16-year-old is very, very, very book smart. And so there was some times that I would be like, oh, she got a good grade, therefore she is good, right? But academic wisdom is one part of that pie, right? There is emotional intelligence, that self-wisdom. There is also interpersonal, which is your relationship wisdom, right? And then there's practical wisdom, like sweeping a floor and I, I don't know, mowing, you know, all of, doing a load of laundry, all of that stuff and going out into the world and having that, that work ethic. Right. And then it, when we are respecting, it's, it's respect of ourselves and respect of the world around us and the cultures around us and, and what is happening and the people. And then we also have that confidence to know who we are, right? And what we're going to do and how we're going to manage our behaviors in our mind during that time. So those are the outcomes of what the program is. And it's it's such a beautiful roadmap to take people on. It's awesome. Let me ask, did you specifically want to do girls because you had the experience, obviously, because you have four daughters? <laughs> or I think women tend to be much more harder- on ourselves than I think men are, whether it's societal, because, you know, men are just raised, you know, we tell the men like, yeah, you're brave, this, you're this, you're this. And, you know, they have no problem really advocating for themselves. Like, and, and again, I'm not a man, so I don't know, but it's, it, it's <laughs> something that's inherent, you know, whatever that looks like. But I know as women, we do tend to struggle with that. We tend to struggle with imposter syndrome. We tend to struggle with, am I enough? We, we tend to struggle with putting a lot of value on in extrinsic things. And if we're this, if, if, of being a mother, right? And, you know, aspire to be that or to be a wife. If you're a single woman who's happy living in New York City with a career, everyone's like, wait, when are you getting married? Well, it's like, well, what if I'm happy doing that? What if I'm happy being single or, or dating multiple people, but living my life? So I say all that to say, you know, what made you specifically want to help women with tween and teen girls? 
Um, that's really a threefold answer. So number one, I, I am a woman, but even more than that, I was a teenager when I really was needing some of these things put in. And I'm not, again, I'm not faulting any parent. I'm not faulting my own parent. I mean, everyone, I think, does the best that they can with what they have. But I really needed some different things before I went into being a quote unquote adult. So I was there. I am there with my own kids. And I just realized how equipped I was. And I was like, I'm already like my four kids, even the twins are four very, very, very different kids. And so I have to discipline each one of them differently. I have to talk to each one of them differently. I have to teach each one of them differently. Right. And so it's, I was just equipped to do that. But then even more so in studying the brain, women and men's brains are so different that I didn't feel like I could have a program that did justice to both. And so I wanted to focus on one or the other. And because I'm equipped more, I feel like to focus on women, young women, that's what I did. But small example, even with memories, right? Memories are stored in the logical center of a man's brain or a young man, a boy, and then in the emotional center for a girl or a young woman. And so when I think of your, you know, kids coming home from school and the girl is like, this happened today, they relive all of that. They can go back and they can relive how I felt, what I smelled, what I, you know, saw, what was touching me on my arm, right? They can relive all of that. Whereas the guy's just like, it happened, right? And not to say guys are, are not emotional because they are. I'm just saying that brain-wise, they're very different. And I wanted to be able to serve at the very best. And I could only do that if I really focused on one of them or had two separate programs. But so that's why I'm with women. It makes perfect sense on so many different levels. And I am not surprised as someone who's studious as you, and you said you do a lot of research of understanding of saying, what's the scientific nature of men and women and how certain things, because I think it is a combination. It's societal. It's how we were taught of men and women. Our brains are also very different. It is in our DNA, our genetics. It is what it is. So yeah, I was I was fascinated by what that ideology was, but it makes sense. So before we kind of jump into like maybe some of your habits and telling my listeners, because I'm a big advocate for self-care. Now I know that term can get a little stifling because it's being used so often, but I'll say I'm also an advocate of mental health, right? Because mm. I think they are so very much tied. I think since 2020, things have escalated. I think we're just dealing with with a lot, right? We have 2020 and the start of the pandemic, the expectations with social media, comparing ourselves as moms and all these things. So before we get into that, is there anything else though that you'd like to share about your program, your workshop, anything before we kind of start working on Nelly and you know what you do for yourself <laughs> and things like that? No, I would just say that, you know, if you're a parent, just understand the fact that we are in the high, like right now within the 6570, the 6,570 days of their childhood and your parenthood experience, not to say you're not a parent when they're, you know, graduating after they're 18, but your high impact zone is graduated to at that time. And 
this is the time that you can speak into them and build them. I call parents family architects because we are building the beginning of someone else's life. That's what we're doing here. And if we can set them up with those skills in order to go off and have an amazing life afterwards, then you're going to, I mean, just selfishly, you're going to have a lot less turmoil later on in your life, right? But for them, they'll be able to thrive and you'll be able to look at that, not only just for their generation, but for the next generation and the next and the next, because you're teaching them generational skills that can be passed on. And it's just a beautiful thing. And you have all of these days to do it for a reason. And I just say, use them, just use them. Love it. Don't take it for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you make time for your own self-care to make sure your mental health is in check? How do you make time with your husband? What does that look like for you? I'm just a very regimented person with my schedule. I have to be because we own, you know, businesses, we have a family business, I have my own personal business, we homeschool. And so we have to just be very regimented with our time. So for me, the first two hours of every day is my morning routine, my quiet time. And so I get up in the morning, I work out, I shower, I journal. For me, I like to read the Bible some, and then I read whatever other book I'm reading too. And I check in with my assistants um, every morning. And so that is like my first two hours of every day. And if I don't get those first two hours of the day, then things can go a little sideways. And so it's really important to me to have that alone time. I am, I am definitely an introvert that gets looked at as an extrovert sometimes, but I need my alone time. When I'm in a crowded place, I, I look like I have probably some sort of bathroom problem because I often go into the bathroom and I'm just to sit there for a minute and be like, oh, okay, there's a lot of people out there. I just need to breathe for a second. I need no one around me for a second, right? And so I, I definitely thrive in being alone, but I love people too. So I need that. I need that start to my day where everything is quiet. I'm not talking. It's just me and myself. And then oh, for my, ask, what time does yeah, that day start? I set my alarm. So it's from like seven to nine for me. So I set my alarm for 642 so I can get two snoozes in, which really isn't a snooze. It's just me waking up and being like laying there and being intentional about me getting up. And then for my husband, we have a date every Friday at lunch. We go on a date, a Friday lunch dates, and then we do nighttime dates occasionally too. And then every Saturday we go out with friends. We call them neighbor nights. They started during the pandemic and we have kept them up and we will for years to come. And so that's kind of our social time, which conversely is really nice because when we're having neighbor nights, our kids are having sister nights at home. And so it's really nice. And actually a few weeks ago, the people that we were going to see had were out of town and we were like, oh guys, you know, we're going to be home for Saturday night. And they were like, can you go somewhere else? And we're like, wow. <laughs> That's awesome because they had a whole thing planned. They were like, no, they do. You're, you're infringing on what we got going on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they were like, well, we just really like our time and it's our sister night and everything. So, you know, it's beautiful to see. Might have hurt a little bit, but it, no, it was beautiful to see. And so, you know, we have those times. And then my husband works from home too, and I do. And so we have lunches just at home whenever we can together as well. And, and then we have family time every night from usually six to nine. So that's three hours of no one has a phone or anything like that. And we just have family time during that time. 
That's pretty cool. I know we didn't talk about the homeschooling aspect, but have you been homeschooling your girls since inception? Was that something that you decided to do since they were little? I'm just interested to hear kind of a little bit of that journey of what made you decide to homeschool because I've now interviewed few people who have done homeschooling and everyone's journey is different, right? Everyone's oh, so different. Yeah. Necessity. Some of it is they knew they always wanted to do. So what was that journey like? What was the inception of that? Definitely not something I always knew I wanted to do. <laughs> so my husband and I are totally public school kids through and through. And when we had kids, we were living in Chicago when we first had kids. We, I, I just started working with her, right? I had been through all of the infertility and now I had this child and I was working with her a lot. I just loved it. And I accidentally, but in a good way, like taught her how to read really early and everything. And, and of course, some of that is just her innate nature too. most of that probably. And so she was just reading really early. Like she, before she turned three, she read Charlotte's web. Like she was reading really early, but I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, cool. High five girl, you know? So I put her into preschool and they kicked her out and they were like, "Mm, we can't really do anything because she already knows all the skills that we're going to teach this year. And I I was like, what do I do with her now? You know? And so we ended up finding her a different school. That girl has been through so many different schools. I mean, private, multiple private schools, multiple Montessori schools, some public schools. And so when we decided to move, we were in Indianapolis and we decided to move to the coast, the East coast. We're like, you know what? There's this homeschool thing. We went to one convention and her and I, she was in fourth grade at the time. And I knew if we were going to do this, like, I was like, you know, we need to do this together. And I was going to do it with her sisters too, but they were too young to go to the convention really. And so we went there and we had some good discussions about it and, and decided, you know what, if we're going to move halfway across the country, it's a good time to just try it, to see if this is something we could do. And we did. And now it's seven years later. (laughs) Wow. No, and that's awesome that you included her in on that, because I think at a fourth grade level, she would have a right to say, and you didn't say, look, I'm going to do this. It's like, no, let's figure it out together. Let's see if it's something. And obviously she was interested in okay and okay with it. Like you said, seven years later. So I'm assuming then with your two little ones, you didn't even try. You were just like, yeah, we're just going to transition and and move it all under the homeschooling umbrella. That's that's cool. How can my listeners connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I love to keep it simple. Everything that I am on, you can find on my website, uh, NellieHarden.com. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. The Family Architects Club is a private parenting club that you can find out there too. But again, you can connect to it all through my website, NellieHarden.com. Awesome. Any other final thoughts that you'd like to part with before we say adios? I don't think so. I I just want to tell you, parents, you know, you're listening to this. You're so capable and you are like, we have this time and just, just use this time. Use this time to do great things. Use this time to have great belly laughs, to have kitchen dance parties and to teach great lessons because it does go by so fast. Thank you so much, Nelly, for coming on, for sharing your story, for inspiring my listeners. I know you've inspired me and continued blessings for love and light. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. 
And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.